This is the Forex Q&A podcast. This is VP, professional Forex prop trader here in the United States, answering your user-submitted Forex questions every Monday morning. I fucking love Mondays, don't you? It's funny how when you become a trader, your mindset just totally shifts. Uh, I used to look forward to the weekend. Now I get impatient on the weekends, you know, waiting for Monday to come so I can just get right back into things. Anyway, if you have a question that you would like to ask, uh, first, go through all the material to make sure it's not there. Uh, but then if you still have a question remaining, go to nonsenseforex.com slash askvp. Uh, there will be a contact form there eventually. And then you can go fill it out and ask me anything you want, and I will get back to you within 48 hours. Now, I was hoping the contact form would be, the, the new one, I should say, would be ready uh, this past week, and it was not. Uh, I am really bad at design, if that wasn't already obvious. And while the form doesn't need to look super pretty, it just needs to be functional and have all the things I want on it. And that took a little bit of time. I was on the road this week. And uh, yeah, just didn't get done, but it will be by this week. That is my main focus. But look, if the majority of questions I normally get are any indication, you getting your current question answered was just a matter of going back into the videos or the blog, and it's typically right there. Oftentimes, I'll get people who ask me a question, and then they'll come right back within the same day and say, oh, crap, I just saw the answer in a video. Uh, can I ask you another one? So just make sure you do your due diligence on your end before asking, and uh, in return, I will make sure that contact form is back up and ready to go, and better than ever. It was starting to delay a little bit, too. Um, after I'd shut it down, I was still getting a few questions, and I asked one guy on December 4th, I said, hey, when did you ask this question? And he said he asked back on uh, the 29th of November. Uh, which is not good. That does not fall within my uh, 48-hour goal of getting back to you. So hopefully once this thing is up, it will be up and good to go forever. And we here at the Forex Q&A Podcast do appreciate your patience. Now, I haven't done a country shout-out in a while, and it is about time that I did. Uh, there is one country in particular that has just been destroying it lately on YouTube, and in a very short amount of time has crawled up to the top five in terms of overall viewership. Now, if those of you listening at home would like to take a guess, feel free, um, but I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Uh, and it's, actually, it's actually a terrible hint, but anyway, uh, when I told you before, when I was doing a little bit of research, seeing which countries were the most Forex crazy, um, I looked up terms like Forex and Forex trading, and there are certain tools on Google that will show you uh, by country which countries search for those terms the most often. Uh, now, number one, as we discussed before, was South Africa, and uh, number three was the UK. I thought UK was going to be number one because everything kind of centers uh, from London as far as Forex goes. Uh, but would anybody like to guess who was number two? And this is a strong number two. And I didn't have too many viewers from this country up until recently. Uh, but when they came, they came in force, and I absolutely love it. We here at No Nonsense Forex would like to send a special shout out to. Super Eagles, stand up, baby. Nigeria has officially joined the party. I did not consider this podcast a success until we started getting the number two most Forex crazy country on board. We've been waiting for you, Nigeria. Took you a minute to get here, but you are here now, and we may officially proceed. So let's go ahead and get into the question for episode 25. Uh, it's actually more than one question, kind of a 1A and 1B situation we have going here. Um, but the main question is something I've been asked no less than probably 15 times. It's, uh, it's pretty common. And so I definitely want to attack it now. Uh, for episode 25's main question, we have Ronnie from Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. 
And Ronnie asks, do you ever add on to a winning trade? And this is a really good question. I like questions like this uh, because it means two things. One, you guys are absorbing the material. And two, there's also a certain degree of critical thinking going on beyond the material. And those two things are a very good recipe for success moving forward. But if you all recall, I did a video in the money management playlist called Scaling Out. And that is all about finding a certain point on a winning trade for you to take half of your money off the table, move your stop loss to break even, and let the rest of it run. At least until your trailing stop or your exit indicator or your actual stop loss ends up closing the trade for you. And so we have the term scaling out. There is also a term and a concept called scaling in. And what that is, in a nutshell, is if you are already winning a trade and a retracement were to happen, you know, let's say you're going long and then price pulls back short a little bit over time after you've already taken some money off the table, do you buy the dip? Do you put more money down? In a sense, taking really a whole new trade, even though you're officially already in it. Now, my answer to this question already to me should be a bit obvious because I'm doing a podcast about it and not an actual video where I'm showing you how to do it. And so we'll go ahead and do short answer, long answer again. Uh, my short answer is no. This is not a good idea. Now understand, some very, very smart traders out there that I know will disagree with me on this. But as is always the case, I will do my best to support my argument and tell you why this is something I certainly do not recommend. So if you are attempting to trade the no-nonsense Forex way, you are putting together your system. You are putting together your own algorithm. And this past Thursday in the volume video, it was nice because a lot of people got a much clearer picture of what that algorithmic structure is and what it is designed to do. And so I think some people who were confused about it before became a lot less confused after that video. But as far as trade entries go, what it is designed to do, and that confirmation indicator is a huge part of it, is to get you into a trend at the most perfect, optimal time it possibly can. And so you're pretty much asking me, okay, so if this trade has done well, and maybe 100 or 150 pips or so down the road, it retraces, or even if it doesn't retrace and it just starts really trending, should you double down? Should you risk more money on it? I mean, you're not chasing a loser, which is exactly what you don't want to do. You're more essentially chasing a winner. So here is how I will best describe this. If you remember two weeks ago in episode 23, I mentioned the FOMO trade, the fear of missing out trade. And I explained again, look, your system is designed to get you into that trade at the absolute best time possible. 20 pips after that trade has already started to trend is not a great trade to take. It's mathematically against you now. And my overall record of taking FOMO trades was really ugly. And as soon as I stopped taking them, I stopped taking a lot of losses. And if you guys all remember the volume video, take, not taking losses is really the name of the game. So if I feel that way about a trade that's already gone 20 pips in your favor, imagine how I feel about one that's gone 100 pips or 150 pips. This is not a good idea. And again, more often than not, this is you, you your emotional self that's trying to trade the market by feel instead of your system telling you to enter a trade. Your system just gave you the perfect entry. Your system's not telling you shit right now. How do you know this trade's going to keep going? Who is telling you this? Our brains do not know, A, where the market's going to go, 
B, how long it's going to go that way. That is why we create these systems and test them out. Because if we test these systems out, and these systems show us that they can give us awesome results more often than they don't, then we can deduce with confidence that these systems, these algorithms, actually are capable of best determining where the market's going to go. So if your system told you to go long the euro dollar at $1.14, and you entered and it's now at $1.15, your system probably isn't telling you anything now. But that's fine. Just hang back and relax and let the rest of your system do the work. I I just don't see a very good reason to add on here. And if you're trading 28 different currency pairs like we do here, there are probably much better trade entries out there for you to take, as opposed to one that's already gone 100, 150 pips beyond the perfect entry point. Uh, There are some very good traders out there that will disagree with me, uh, but I think I make a really good case here. And I think, I don't know, but I think there's also a little element of greed here in doing something like this. And greed is an emotion, a very dangerous emotion when it comes to trading. And anything that has even a tiny little element of greed to it needs to be removed. Now there is another part to this, and this is the other question that I get sometimes. And the question is, well, what if you are in a winning trade, and then your own system gives you another signal to go long or short. So let's say you went long euro dollar at 114 again. And somehow at 115, your system is telling you again that you need to go long. So I just got done saying there's really nothing out there telling you to add on to this trade. What if there was? And that thing was your own confirmation indicator. What about now? So my answer to this is pretty simple. In order for your confirmation indicator to give you a second long signal like that, it would have first have to have gone the other way, meaning that if your confirmation indicator was a zero cross indicator, for example, so when the line crosses above zero, that's a long, in order for it to give you another one, it would have had to have crossed down the other way short first. Does that make sense? And if it did that, what are you still doing in that trade? Your own confirmation indicator just gave you a signal to go short. If that's not a signal to exit, I'm not sure what is. I've told people in the past, you can use your confirmation indicator as an exit indicator too. It's just typically not going to be your best option. Uh, But good Lord, if it is telling you to go the other way, that's definitely a sign to get out. And if maybe if your confirmation indicator is a two lines cross indicator. All right, well, if it's crossed the opposite way at any point during your trade, that again is a sign to completely exit out. Like I said, I hope this all makes sense. This is going to make sense to most of you who have consumed all the material by now. People who are kind of new into this game are going to be really confused. But if you follow the structure I gave you in the beginner's video, by the time you get to this podcast, you should be pretty well versed in what we're talking about. But if you guys ever get an opposite signal on your confirmation indicator while you're already in a trade, that is definitely time for you to get out. And I understand this is tough. You guys want to be a part of those really nice big trends. And it sucks because sometimes your own system takes you out too early. I totally get it. But there is some good news here. Do you guys remember the MACD video? Do you guys remember the main takeaway from the MACD video? That one absolutely killer tip I gave you? It was called the continuation trade. Some of my biggest wins ever were made on continuation trades. Would you like to still be a part of a huge trend while it's still trending? That's how you do it. 
Things like this allow you to stay rigid and structured within your own trading system and still take part in the majority of those huge trends. I'm going to give you the link for episode 23 of the podcast like I spoke about before and then the link to the MACD video down below in the show notes. Even though that continuation trade was only a small part of a video talking about a tool that I typically don't recommend, it is a big part of what we do here. Make sure that your trading system has some way of getting into these. It is not a part of the overall algorithm itself as far as the structure I give you, but it is going to be a very big part of your success. So instead of adding on to a winning trade, which is too risky and just doesn't make any sense, or taking a second trade because your confirmation indicator is telling you to, which is just weird, instead, just follow your structure like you're supposed to, and if that structure contains an indicator that gives you really good continuation trades, then you're still going to end up getting very large pieces of those nice big trends that you see on your chart. And things like that are exactly what we want. Traders, you have a lot of work to do. I just gave you another piece of the algorithm on Thursday. And this coming Thursday, we're going to drill down deeper into it. We are going to talk about things that are going to be able to broaden your search and therefore make it a lot better. And like I promised last Thursday, I got a free tool for you to use in addition to what you're already using now. Uh, but again, these, all these videos and podcasts really from this point on are not going to make a ton of sense to you unless you're caught up first. So go get caught up. And when you do, go out there and put in the work. Make this thing happen, traders. Go get it.